Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everyone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give God some praise today. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you. We give you the honor and glory. We thank you, almighty God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's praise the Lord a little bit, everyone, before we get started in today's scriptures. We praise you, O oh Lord. We praise your name. Lord, we praise your name. We praise you, Lord. We praise your name. Lord, we praise your holy name. Lord, we praise you, almighty God. Hallelujah. Lord, we praise you, most holy one. Hallelujah. Lord, we praise you. We praise you, Lord. Lord, we praise your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we praise your holy name. Lord, we praise you, almighty God. Lord, we praise you. Most Holy One. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we praise your holy name. Lord, we praise your Amen. Amen, everyone. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we give you the praise and honor and glory. Father, we ask you, Almighty God, to go before us today and make all crooked paths straight. We ask, Lord, that you lead us and guide us in all things, including the word before us today. We ask, Almighty God, that you be in us and we in you as we partake of this word. Father, watch over us and our families, our children, provide for us and keep us, and continue to remember us. Bless us the more, Father. Be merciful and gracious. In Jesus' name we pray. Yeshua Mashiach. Amen. Amen, everyone. Okay, today we are going to start in the book of 2 Corinthians. Okay. Um, as we know, even today, um, <laughs> the enemy is all around us. And I'll give you a bit of what I'm talking about. I see where the author of this particular Bible wrote in some pretty interesting things. And I'm going to read a few of them to you before we get started. Uh, he talks about slithering through the centuries. The serpent whispers his smooth tongue promises, beguiling and deceiving and tempting urging men and women to reject God and to follow Satan. Satan's emissaries have been many false prophets contracting, uh, contradicting 
God's ancient spokesman. Um, pious le uh, leaders hurling blasphemous accusations and heretic teachers infiltrating churches. And of course, deception continues. Our world is filled with cults and cultisms and ideologists, all claiming to provide the way to God. Amen. Amen, right? Okay, well, you know, we don't have to break this down, really. We see it around us. We have our politicians. We have our teachers in the schools as well as the universities. Very disturbing. Um, when you go into the university, you have teachers who, I should say professors, who are proclaiming atheism and they want to teach it to their students. You know, it's fine you want to be an atheist, okay? Just like it's fine to be a Christian. But if you're teaching a course of science, math, history, then teach it. Don't teach atheism around with the course. Uh, I found when I was in college, especially during the uh, history sessions, I had an atheist teacher and he insisted upon teaching atheism to his students. You know, when, whenever the time arose, especially if we were talking about uh, things in the historical world that dealt with the Christian movement, um, he was very uh, belligerent about it. That's the best way I can put it. And there was at one point, uh, he asked his class, which had nothing really to do with the course, but he asked his class to bring in some things that they held to be dear. And it was amazing the stuff that people brought in, um, you know, earrings and bracelets, uh, old dusty books, uh, shoes, pieces of clothing that belonged to either a grandparent or a parent or uh, someone who they loved dearly who was not with them anymore. Or in one case, uh, someone had given their uh, child something to grasp onto in life, to push them forward in life. Maybe it helped, maybe it didn't. I, on the other hand, brought the same thing that I brought with me every day when I was in school. And, you know, they were stunned and the teacher was very upset with me. But everybody that knew me <laughs> in college knew whenever they saw me, if I wasn't in my books working on, you know, whatever the course was, I was in my other book word of God. So, of course, when he uh, said to me, well, bring in what's important to you, I brought in the word. The word is important to me. And that was the greatest time to give my testimony as to what the word meant to me and why it was so important in my life, every day of my life. <laughs> okay. So <clears throat> I said that because, you know, that's just an example of what we're talking about here. Um, you have people who uh, believe in this and they want to push that wholeheartedly forward. Um, and they want the whole world to be like that. It's not going to be that way. Um, even in times, the Lord tells you there'll be his people and there'll be Satan's people. Okay. Um, but again, in our churches, we have false teachers who are preaching the wrong idolatry. Um, they're not speaking from the word of God. They're speaking from themselves. Uh, you have your, your uh, politicians who are really far left. You know, even the ones that want to do right, um, they're in a situation where they're squeezed. And... They try to do the best they can, but they're, they're told sternly, you can't do this, this, and this. 
So they have to work around it. Okay. Um, it also talks about Paul constantly struggle with those who would mislead God's people. And he poured his life into spreading the good news to the uttermost parts of the world. Okay. And um, that's pretty much what's going on today with many um, the Christian people, those who follow the word of God. Um, they're pretty spread thin. Um, many of them is spread thin because there's not a lot out there doing. There's a lot talking. Uh, there's a lot uh, going to church. <laughs> and that's where it ends. If you read the text properly, the Lord tells you to go further than that. Don't just congregate in the churches, but go out and spread the good news. Okay. All right. Let's get on into today's reading. This is 2 Corinthians, first chapter. Paul explains his actions. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God in Corinth, together with all the saints without Archaea. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who confronts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Okay, we still do this today. I have gone through some things and then later on, some friends of mine, sisters and brothers, uh, have gone through uh, or going through the same thing at this time. And I'm able to comfort them and tell them, look, it's going to be okay. Um, I can't tell you exactly how it's going to, you know, pan out, but I can tell you it's going to be okay because I went through the same thing X amount of years ago. It could have been yesterday, but I'm able to comfort them because I know that it will come out okay. Uh, if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which pro uh, produces in your patient endurance of the same suffering we suffered, okay? And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our suffering, so also you share in our comfort, okay? Remember, why did they say this? Because we are the body of Christ. We are one body. When one suffers, we all suffer. When one is comforted, we all are comforted. Okay. We do not want you to be, uh, un, we do not want you to be uninformed brothers about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our abilities to endure so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. Now, how many times have you gone through things in this life and you felt like you were gonna die at any moment or you just wanted to die and let it be over with, okay? So you realize you're not the only one this is happening to. Here we go all the way back in the, in the scriptures to Paul, and Paul is telling you what him and Timothy and many others that were with them suffered, okay? Same thing, same thing. Maybe a different situation, but it's the same feeling, okay? But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raised the dead, amen? Amen. Okay, come on, everybody. We know that when you get to that point, you can't do it yourself. There's only one person that can do it. I, I just had something happen to me today. 
I've been praying about someone uh, very close to me and dear, and I uh, they haven't called me or talked to me in almost a year. And I just kept praying. On, I know the person is okay, but they just had not called me. Uh, I had talked to other uh, members of the family that have talked to them. And, you know, that's how I knew they were okay. But still, uh, I couldn't understand why this person hadn't called me. Um, you know, all kinds of things went through my mind. Did I do something? Did I say something? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. Finally, last night, I was praying about it. And guess what? That person called me today. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. They called me. We talked. And um, they're fine. They were just going through some things and needed some space. And uh, so, you know, that's how it is. And, you know, when people are like that, you don't push yourselves on them. You let them be until they're ready to come to you. Because when you start pushing and demanding, then it gets worse. So you leave it alone. You let God take care of it. You just keep praying. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him, we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. Amen. As you help us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. See, that's just what I said. Pray, 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 pray. Prayer answers much. Whether they say prayer availeth much, right? Okay, uh, 12. Now this is our boast. Our conscience testifies that we have conducted ourselves in the world, especially in our relations with you. In the holiness and, and sincerity that are from God. And we have done not according to worldly wisdom, but according to God's grace. For we do not write you anything you cannot read or understand. And I hope that as you have understood us in part, you will come to understand us fully that we can boast of us just as we will boast of you in the day of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Because I was confident of this, I plan to visit you first so that you might benefit twice. I plan to visit you on my way to Macedonia and to come back to you from Macedonia and then to have you send me on my way to Judea. And when I planned this, did I do it lightly or do I make my plans in a worldly manner so that in the same breath I say, yes, yes, and no, no. But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the sons of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me, and, and Silas and Timothy was not yes and no, but in him it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Okay? Absolutely. I'm going to turn around here a bit. I am getting a bit more sun than I want. <laughs>
Okay, everyone. I'm still here with you. I'm just readjusting a little bit here because it was getting very warm. Incidentally, I happen to be outside and it is very warm out here today. It's, uh, I think they're predicting up in the 90s here. So praise the Lord for that. Uh, I know other places right now are looking at snow. But that's okay as well because those areas are probably uh, in need of rain as we were in need of rain also uh and we did get some okay let's get back to this word all right i call god as my witness that it was in order to spare you that i did not return to corinth not that we lorded over your faith, but we worked with you for your joy, because it is by faith you stand firm. So I made up my mind that I would not make another painful visit to you. For if I grieve you, who is left to make me glad? But you whom I have grieved? I wrote as I did so that when I came, I should not be distressed by those who ought to make me rejoice. So as you can see, Paul knew there was some problems there. And he had wrote ahead and told them about the problems. Remember, we spoke about this early on. And again, the scriptures tell you, when you see someone is in stress mode and they're having problems, you don't want to add to their problems by coming on them and putting your will upon them, okay? Um, they were trying to work through their faith. And they were having some issues. And if Paul had come back, it probably wouldn't have done them any good. In fact, it probably would have made it worse. Okay. Uh, I have confidence in all of you that you would all share my joy. For I wrote you out of great distress and anguish of heart and with many tears, not to grieve you, but to let you know the depth of my love for you. If anyone has caused grief, he has not so much grieved me as he has grieved all of you. To some extent, not to put it too severely, the punishment inflicted on him by the majority is sufficient for him. Now instead, you ought to forgive and comfort him so that he will not be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. I urge you, therefore, to affirm your love with him. The reason I wrote you was to see if you would stand the test and be obedient in everything. If you forgive anyone, I also forgive him. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. Okay, and this is why it's important for you, when you've been offended, when you've been hurt, uh, shamed, etc., it's better for you to get over it quickly and forgive than it is to harbor and hold on to it. Because when you harbor and hold on to things, 
you open the door for the adversary, for Satan and the demon, demonic presence to enter in. That's the door that they come through. They don't come through doors of joy and peace and mercy and happiness. Now, they're going to come through doors of distress, anger, okay, horror, bloodshed. That's the doors that they come through. Okay. Now, when I went to Taurus to preach the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord had opened a door for me, I still had no peace of mind because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them and went on to Macedonia. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphant procession in Christ and through, and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. Amen. Amen. Um, to the one we are the smell of death and to the other hmm, the fragrance of life. And who is equal to such a task? Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ we speak before God with sincerity like men sent from God. Okay? I tell people all the time, if you go into preaching the word of God and you go in with your hands open thinking, oh, this is profitable. I'm going to do this because I can make some money with this too. Then you're going in the wrong way and it's not going to amount to nothing. The spirit is not going to indwell in your house or within you because it's not about money. This is something that you give freely from your heart. Now, I know some of you are going to say, well, you know, the Lord says you're supposed to get paid if you're, if you're a shepherd. Yes, that's true. But I didn't say that. Don't take my words out of content. What I'm saying to you is don't go in thinking you're going to get a pot of gold. Don't go in thinking you're going to get a salary because you're not. And if you go in trying to get a salary, I'm going to be real with you. You have great big conglomerate churches that have opened up and that are closing. Why are they closing? Because people are funny about their money. <laughs> they don't want to part with it. Okay. And many people are beginning to feel like, hey, you know what? If that word is so free, why got to come here and pay you to hear it? See? And people sit in the church like, well, I ain't giving such and such this week. And some churches are demand, oh, well, you have to give $100 this week. Oh, you have to give $1,000. Oh, you have to give $10,000. Says who? You're not God. Says who? So we have to be careful. We have to be careful with these things. You cannot go out here thinking that you that you're going to make some money when that is not the objective here. The objective is to spread the good news. That's the objective. And with the whole heart and with truth and love for our father. Okay? All right, let's move on. We are now in uh, chapter three. Are we beginning to command ourselves again? Oh, sorry. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation <laughs> to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter written on our hearts. Hello, hello, hello. 
How many times have I said this? I hate when you go into any kind of religious establishment and you know the body of Christ. You know when someone is exhibiting all there is to exhibit as a child of God. If you don't, then you're not, okay? But you go into some of these establishments and because you're not part of their religious establishment, Oh, they don't want any parts of you. You got to prove yourself. Uh, You got to be known by somebody in order for you to partake or participate. Get out of here with that foolishness. The body of Christ is the body of Christ. And we know each other by our works and the things we do. When you open your mouth, you can tell. Okay. So... This is what Paul is basically saying, you know, it's written on your hearts. I shouldn't have to carry around any letter with me recommending me or telling you who I am. Come on, come on. Now, know and read by everybody. (laughs) You show that you are a letter from Christ, the results of our ministry written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. Amen. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human heart, competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves. But our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant and not of the letter, but of the spirit from the letter, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Yeah, because you're walking around here, I'm so-and-so-and-so, see, here's my credentials. And I've got this, I was recommended from this church and this organization. It puffs you up, it blows you out. It's only for the purpose of man. (laughs) Oh, look, see, look at that so-and-so. That's so-and-so. But in the kingdom of God, that's nothing. That's foolishness and folly and non-acceptable. Okay. Now, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory, so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, fading though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? Come on now. Amen, amen. Anybody knows that Moses was in the spiritual realm, and this is why he was glowing His hair was white. Any of us who have been in the spiritual realm have also gone through the same thing. Anyone that see me right now, they'd be like, wow, how old are you? Because my hair is white and silver. Yeah. And the more you stay in the spirit, the whiter your hair gets. Mm-hmm. Ask people like Benny Hinn. You ever seen Benny Hinn? You see Benny Hinn today? Look at him real good. Look at his hair. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, fading through it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that condemns man is glorious, How much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. Amen. 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 And if what was fading away came with glory, How much greater is the glory of that which lasts? There's no comparison, none whatsoever. Therefore, 
Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. <laughs> it has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Yeah, everybody get that? <clears throat> only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeliness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. Amen. Therefore, since through Christ, God's mercy, um, therefore, since through God's mercy, we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secrets and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, so in other words, if you're not understanding the gospel, it's because what? You're not of God. You're not of God. You have to connect with him in order for you to be able to feel the glory, to understand the words of gospel. People pick up the Bible and they start reading and go, what's this mess? I don't understand this nonsense. This makes no sense to me. This is rubbish. This is garbage. Of course not. You're not going to understand it. You're still in the world. You have to come to God first. This is the purpose for you giving yourself over to the Lord. Asking him to relieve you of your sins. Past and present and bring you into his household, under his fold. Once you do that and open up to God, then the scriptures open up to you, okay? Okay, chapter four. Treasures in jars of clay. Therefore, since through uh, God's mercy, we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secrets and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. And on the contrary, by setting forth the uh, truly the truth plainly, we condemn ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Okay, we just finished reading that. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. That's what I just said. So that they cannot see. So they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not perish ourselves. I'm sorry. We do not preach ourselves but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of knowledge of the glory of God 
in the face of Christ. Okay? That's why I tell people as they listen. God has created make of all things, everything around you, air, wind, water, rain, you name it, the grass, the trees. God is everywhere in everything. And that's why whatever you do, he sees. <laughs> ah, he sees through his people because their eyes and ears and body tells it all. Again, we are all created by God. So what makes you think he can't see what's going on? <laughs> and if he can't use man, he'll use anything else. Like I said, if the, the man won't praise you, the rocks will cry out. Well, hey, if the rocks will cry out because you're not praising the Lord, then the rocks will tell on you. <laughs> the rocks will tell, hey, this is what happened. They give an account of what is happening. The very house you live in is given an account of what's going on inside your house to God. Whoa, wait a minute, sister. Oh, oh, but that's the truth. All things are made and created by God. Yeah, sure, man put it together. He gave man the knowledge how to put it together. But guess who dwells inside? Guess who sees it all through everything? Ah, yes, okay. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Amen? We always carry around in our bodies the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our bodies. For we who are alive are always being, being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believe there, therefore, I have spoken with that same spirit of faith. We also believe and therefore speak because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead, who also raised us with Jesus and presented us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal, okay? So all these people running around here, I can't see it, I can't see it. You're not supposed to see it. Unless you're in the spirit, you will not see it. Okay, uh, let's move on to chapter five. Our heavenly dwelling. Now we know that if the earthly tents we live in is destroyed, which it shall be, we have building, we have building from God an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. 
For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Amen. Now it is God who has made us for this very purpose and has given us the spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We live by faith and not by sight we are confident to say and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good for bad. Amen. Amen. Every man will be judged according to what he did, not what somebody else did, not what somebody made them do, and all the other excuses. Okay? It's going to be why what you did and by what you believe. <laughs> so you need to get right while you're on this earth, this spear, this plane. Okay, you need to get yourselves acclimated properly so that you're lining up with the Spirit of God and you can go to the heavenly realm and not down to hell. I don't think anybody wants to go to hell uh, after living a life here on earth because uh, hell is a thousand times worse than the stuff that you see going on here in this earth. And I'm just saying a thousand times. I'm sure it's more than that. Uh, reports and reports of people having uh, died and come back uh, from the spiritual realm, from heaven or from hell, um, telling about either hell or heaven. Um, where, you know, people should wake up. Uh, one saying, okay. But when you have a lot of reports, and they're, they're reports that can be um, tracked down and checked, and they come up right, you know, it's accurate, then you need to, you know, really think about it. And if you're out there listening and, you know, you're wondering, you know, take some time and look into this thing. Just like you would anything else. I mean, if you have a stock out here that you've been looking and watching and it's been pressing on you, uh, you know, you're gonna invest you're gonna investigate that stock before you do anything, before you invest in it. So it's the same thing here, you know, check it out. Check out the claims, check out what people have seen and what people are doing. Okay? All right. Let's move on. Since then, um, since then, we know what is to fear the Lord. We try to pursue men, what we are in plain to God, and I hope is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than in what is in the heart. If we are out of our minds, it is for the sake of God. And if we are in our right mind, it is for the sake of you. For Christ loves, Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live 
should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Amen. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do no, do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting man's sin against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who has no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteous of God. Remember, we cannot stand before God because we are blackened. <laughs> we are spotted. We are full of sin. So God brought his son here to filter that sin, basically. Because if you read the scriptures all the way up to the New Testament, God had... Uh, the first three chapters, Genesis, Exodus, uh, Leviticus, and Numbers, God didn't have mercy. He didn't, he didn't have a lot of mercy. I'm going to be frank with you. He was, he was, you do as I say or you die. Every, almost every verse as you go through death, death, and they died and they fell. Okay. But he realized after all this time, man's way and he realized that man had to have a filter now did he know it beforehand absolutely but it's just like anything else you have to go through in order to come out on the other side pure as gold okay he says that over and over again did he know this at the beginning in genesis when he created the world yes he did did he know the adversary was going to turn against him, his right-hand man? Yes, he did. <laughs> Absolutely. Did he know he was going to come down here and stir up havoc? Yes, he did. All of it is told in the first book. Read. You have to read carefully. You literally have to line up in the spirit to understand that everything in the word of God in this entire Bible is in the first book in Genesis. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Um, I think we're going to do chapter six and then that's going to be it for today. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you now, in the time of God's favor, now is the day of salvation. When is the day of salvation? Every day. Every day. So if you want to come to God, today's a good day to come. Okay? We put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in trouble, in hardship and distress. In beating, imprisonments, in riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger. In, in, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness. 
in the Holy Spirit and in sincere love, in truth, speech, and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor, bad reports and good reports genuine yet regarded as impostors, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten and yet not killed, sorrow yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, having nothing and yet possessing everything. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and openly wide our hearts to you. And we are not withholding our affections from you. Hold on. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Sorry about that. We had a call coming in. Um... So, um, we were reading in chapter six. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and opened wide our hearts to you. And we are not withholding our affections from you, but you are withholding yours from us as a fair exchange. I speak as to my children, open wide your hearts also. And do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Okay, and um, here's a problem with people with that because they say, well, how do we know who's righteous and who's not again? This is why it's important for you to be connected so that you know who is who. Um, and I don't mean uh, brothers and sisters in Christ who are in church with you, who are learning with you. They're on this, some of them is on the same path and some of them is not. Some of them are babes, as we call babes in Christ. Some of them are a little more mature. Some are uh, in between, but they're still striving. And so you cannot put them in this category. They're speaking of people in the world who do not know God at all, who do not go to church, who do not read their word, who are not lined up with the spirit. And when they open their mouth to talk, you will know. And most times you either get one or the other from them. They'll be interested in what you're saying, or they won't have nothing whatsoever to do with what you're saying. They'll literally walk away from you. Okay? So that's how you know. Okay. Um, or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and be, uh, Bala? And what now... Uh, uh, the devil is known by many names, okay? This is another name, Bela, B-E-L-I-A-L, Bela, okay? Um, he's got several different names. If you're interested, you can look it up online or you can look it up in the dictionary. One of the old dictionaries has many, many of his names in it, okay? Uh, what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. And that's what I am talking about. When you're lined up with God, God is within you. You're lined up with him. You're walking with him. He tells you. He talks. You know, like people, I don't hear God talking to me. Well, then something is wrong and you need to check that. Your, your connection isn't quite right. You need to line up where you can hear what God is saying. 
Listen, I talk to God every day. I can hear him just as plainly right now, giving me instructions and words to say. <laughs> okay? And I'm not crazy. I'm 100% okay. But that's what happens when you line up in the spirit. And you can see the enemy. You can smell the enemy. Now, that's maturity. That's when you really, really become invested, when you can actually see and smell the enemy coming. And I might also say that you are a big threat. So be prepared for that too. Do you get attacked? Yes, you do. And that's what prayer is all about. Because you are not to be afraid of him because he is under your feet. Remember, he's, God said everything is under his feet. And he said that it is over. When Christ died on the cross, it was over. No matter what he does, it's under God's foot. Can he kill the body? Perhaps. But he can't kill the soul because that belongs to God. And that's where the problem lies. If you allow yourself to be taken in by him, the adversary, then your soul is lost. And are you going to heaven? No, because your soul can't go where it can't go. Okay, let's move on. Uh Therefore, come out from them and be separated. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Amen. Amen, everyone. Um, I think we are going to stop here. Let me just take a little bit of a look at what we are coming up to. I know we're coming into Galatians. We're coming into some of my favorite books. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I, I, Corinthians, First and Second Corinthians is chock full of goodness, but my favorites are Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, uh, Thessalonians, Hebrews is the top. I uh, just love Hebrews. And um, so we're going to get into some really good stuff. Um, and we will be going back into the Old Testament because much of this is spoken of in the Old Testament. Remember, the Old Testament was the setup for the New Testament. All the New Testament does is verify what was said in the Old Testament. That's what it does. It makes it plainer for you to see. And... Because Christ Jesus has come into play. In the Old Testament, Christ had not come yet. And so there was examples of his coming, such as the case with Moses and his son. Okay. All right. We're going to stop here and we will pick up again tomorrow in chapter 7 of 2 Corinthians. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you the praise and honor and glory. And we thank you so much, Lord, for this word today. We pray that this word has edified hearts, minds, and spirits and set your people on fire, aglow. And those listening in, Father, who are wanting to learn more, we pray, Almighty God, that this has been a blessing for them. We open the door now, Lord, for those who want to join the body of Christ. And we ask you, Almighty God, to be merciful and gracious upon them and bless them. We ask, Lord Jesus, right now as we open the door, Father, we have committed many sins, and we ask, Almighty God, for your forgiveness for our past sin, our present sin, 
We ask, Lord Jesus, that you hear our cries and be merciful unto us. Father, we believe in you. We believe in your son, Christ Jesus. We believe he died on the cross for our sins. We believe in your kingdom and all there is to come. And we ask you, Lord, to accept us. Take a few minutes right now and call out your heart to the Lord. Let him hear what you say. Just to yourself. You don't have to yell it out to anybody in the room. Just tell the Lord how you're feeling. Ask him for your forgiveness. Ask him to forgive you. Show you the way. Father, show them the light. Show them the way, the right path. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Father, we ask right now, almighty God, that you touch these hearts, these minds and spirits. Comfort them. Be with them. And align them. Join them to the body, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. This we ask in Jesus' name, Yeshua Mashiach. Father, we give you the praise and honor and glory. Amen. 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 Amen, everyone. This is Mr. McMillan saying have a blessed evening and good night.